Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 100th episode for the Schools of Excellence podcast. This is a super exciting milestone. Um, We launched the podcast uh, just under two years ago in February of 2021. Um, And since then, we've produced a weekly show, sometimes multiple shows and episodes per week. And so today we're celebrating our 100th episode. Um, Really excited to be doing this live, really excited to be here with all of you. Um, So welcome. For those of you that are joining us live for today's special episode and just other exciting giveaways that we're going to be doing, just give me a quick hello in the comments. Love seeing who's with us, who's joining us live and who's participating in this um, extraordinary milestone. I know that there are many of you that have been consistently listening to the podcast since we launched the podcast. Many of you have listened to basically every single episode. Um, Some of you, you know, almost every episode. And it's really an incredible humbling experience to be able to uh, mark this milestone. When we first launched the podcast, I, you know, I was so excited to to launch it and it was just a, a big goal and a dream of ours in schools of excellence for a very long time. Um, and, you know, when you first launch something, you don't even look that far ahead. Um, it's kind of like, okay, these are the goals. This is, this is, you know, this is where we're getting started, but celebrating a hundred episodes with you guys here live today. Um, I'm really, really grateful. So Before I dive into what today's topic is about, what the episode um, is all about from a content perspective, I want to walk you through uh, just a couple of uh, components of why today's special. So for those of you that are joining us live, uh, make sure to stay on live with us till the end, because at the end, um, we have some really exciting giveaways that we're going to be giving away for those of you that stay till the end. We have three unique trainings that we've built over the last couple of years of Schools of Excellence. We started our company seven years ago. Um, And so we have three unique trainings that we're going to be giving away for people that are here with us live. Um, We have our confidence and resiliency training, which is something that we built during COVID. It's a unique training for your staff um, and how to help them build their own confidence and their own resilience. We have our Ultimate Teacher Training Vault, which is three unique teacher trainings that you can use for your own staff development. And we also have the Ideal Week Workshop, which is a unique training specifically for owners, um, how to design their ideal week inside of their businesses. So these are some of the three unique giveaways that we have created um, that we're giving away to you guys as, as, um, as part of joining us here live. The other way to get entries um, into this unique giveaway is to write a review on the Schools of Excellence podcast. So reviews are actually how we get found by other school leaders around the world. And so currently we have just over 60 reviews. Um, Our goal for the 100th episode is we want to celebrate the 100th episode with 100 reviews. So we have 60 reviews currently, which means we need 40 more reviews um, to actually get to the 100 reviews. So I know many of you that are here with us live have already left reviews. If you have, please go into um, the iTunes app um, on your phone and screenshot your review and post it inside of here so that you can be entered um, in for this special giveaway. If you have not had a chance to rate and review the podcast, you can still do that throughout today's show um, and beyond. So if you uh, write a review, my team is uh, watching the reviews as they're coming in and they will screenshot it and you will be entered in for the giveaway 
way as well. So while you're here with us, would love if you can help us get to our goal of 100 reviews to celebrate um, our 100th episode. So thanks so much for joining me here. So many familiar faces. Thanks for being here. Today's podcast episode is called the three M's, the three M's that create stability and security for your team. And so those three M's are maintenance, motivation, and mindset. I'll say it again, maintenance, motivation, and mindset. So in the current world that we're living in today, we're really working to create stability and security for our teams, right? There's a lot of just turmoil and instability in a lot of different ways. And so we really want to create stability and security for our teams, right? So just give me a yes in the comments, especially if you're here with us live, um, or even if you're watching the replay after, just let me know if that's something that you want, stability and security for the team, um, stability and security for yourself um, that you could create for the team as a result of having it for yourself. Um. No, you don't have to leave a review for a specific episode. You just come into the Schools of Excellence podcast and then you scroll down and you'll see you can leave, just write a review and then you jump in. Um, awesome. So some of us are fully staffed right now and some of us are still struggling. Um, some of us see the light at the end of the tunnel, but in order to continue to navigate this season and also ride it out and come out on the other side, with a strong team, you're going to need these three M's. So I'm going to start with the maintenance, okay? Maintenance is exactly like it sounds. You, We need to develop a maintenance mindset, maintenance approach to building our schools of excellence. Many people are very, very good at starting something, um, but not developing the maintenance or the infrastructure to maintain whatever it was that you built. And so a maintenance uh, mindset, a maintenance approach to your business is critical. Many times people look at maintenance and like, yeah, but I want to be in growth. Yes, you could be in growth at the same time that you're maintaining certain components of your business. When we don't know how to maintain very critical components of our companies and our childcare centers, then growth ends up imploding on us because we haven't built the right maintenance in place. So. I want to talk about some examples where maintenance is just naturally built into the cycle. Okay. You have a car, right? Most people own a car or lease a car or whatever it is. Car maintenance is very simple, right? You have oil changes. You got to change your tires. You got to fill up the car with gas. If you don't do those three things, you're going to be stuck at the side of the road. If you don't fill up your car with gas and decide to drive from here to California, sorry, you're not going to make it, right? Your car's going to run out of gas. If you ignore the sign that says maintenance pass due and you don't take your car for an oil change, something's going to happen to the motor, right? You got to change your tires. After a certain amount of miles, you have to change the tires because if you want to continue to enjoy your car, you have to maintain it. It doesn't matter how new the car is. It doesn't matter if it's a brand new car. You have to maintain the car. So the same thing goes with our homes. You have to maintain your home. Whether you own your home or you rent your home, you have to maintain your home. The AC filters need changing. You need to mow the lawn. You need to change the light bulbs, right? If you never change the light bulbs, it's going to get dark in your house. It doesn't matter if the light bulbs are brand new or if they're LED or whatever. At a certain point, they have to be changed because every single thing that you own or that you have needs maintenance. Everything. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Everything that you own, everything that you have needs maintenance. And that includes relationships, people, you, your body needs maintenance, right? Your body needs to sleep. That's maintenance. Your body needs to eat. You need to do that every day. It doesn't matter if you ate yesterday, you got to eat again today. It doesn't matter if you slept eight hours last night, you got to sleep eight hours again tonight right? It doesn't matter that you exercise yesterday. You got to exercise today. So maintenance, pets, exactly. Maintenance are a huge part of living a high quality life and a life that isn't consistently set in survival and reactionary mode. The reason many of us fall into survival or reactionary mode is because we have forgotten the maintenance. 
And this happens every single time, right? Um, so many times when I'm talking to leaders and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Oh, I need to go back to basics. Back to basics, what that really means is back to maintenance. You got to go back to maintaining the core areas that you know sustain the quality of life that you're looking for. And what happens a lot of times is when we get into survival, we think, oh, I could stop doing that or I could stop doing that. And we forget the difference between maintenance like these are the things you have to do always versus, okay, this one you can actually let go of. It's not maintenance. Um, it's not like a specific anchor. It's a nice to have or whatever it is. Okay. So I'll explain to you the difference, right? And for some people, what I think is an enhancer um, is actually a super important part of maintenance. So I love to get my nails done for a big, for nice events or whatever. So every once in a while, I just, I'm like, oh God, my nails need a manicure. A manicure for me is not a maintenance, um, is not a maintenance project. Why? Because I could go even a full year without getting a manicure and I will still be able to operate at peak performance. I will still be able to be the kind of wife, mom and business owner and team leader that I want to be, even if I don't get a manicure all year. Now, is it nice to have my nails done? Sure. Will it impact any part of the quality of my life? No, right? So that's an enhancer versus other things that are maintenance, exercise. If I don't exercise for a year, my mental capacity, my mental space, forget about a year, let's go one week, okay? One week, if I skip exercise for an entire week, there is an impact on my performance, on my mindset, on my mental capacity, on my ability to regulate my emotions, on my ability to regulate sleep, on the quality of my conversations, the quality of my decision-making, the quality of my conflict resolution. All of those get impacted when I'm not exercising, okay? You can only go a certain amount of hours without sleep, right? You're, eventually, your body's going to break down. So you have to understand what does it mean to have a maintenance mindset? Okay, what does it mean to have maintenance for you? So let's talk about some of those things, right? How do you take care of you? So you can be a very strong person. You can have a lot of fuel in your tank, and it can take you so far. But eventually, your body is going to need something. And we don't want to get to the eventually. We don't want to get to the point where it's like, okay, now I really got to sleep. Now I really have to eat. Now I really have to do X, Y, and Z, right? This happens a lot with accountability. <clears throat> I had a conversation with a leader a couple of weeks ago where she was being really nice and forgiving uh, with a particular uh, center that was really struggling with a lot of different things. Um, and then eventually she broke and she's like, OK, now I don't care anymore. Now you do this and you do this. And now she's drill sergeant. Right. As opposed to you didn't have to be drill sergeant. You could have said all of those things in a very nice and respectable way. But you chose to close your eyes and forgive and forget and let it go and let it go until you couldn't anymore, as opposed to maintaining the regular accountability, check-ins and meetings, you chose not to do that and wait till it imploded. And now you're becoming drill sergeant who you don't want to be. So what we need to understand is that when we don't do the maintenance, we end up turning into leaders that we don't want to be. No one wants to be a drill sergeant. No one wants to be a micromanager. No one wants to be a wife, a parent, a sister, a friend who is so mentally and emotionally exhausted that they don't like anybody anymore, right? I had a conversation with the owner a couple. She's like, I don't like anyone. I'm like, that's survival, right? When we are in a place where we don't like people, it's typically because we're in survival. We have not allowed ourselves to take a break, right? One of the maintenance tasks, a ta I don't call it a task, one of the maintenance projects is every 90 days, I go away for four days. So about a week, I go away by myself. So I leave my husband and my kids behind. I leave the business behind and I go away for four days by myself. This is part of regular maintenance of taking care of me. Again, this is what I need in this season of life. As someone who's raising a lot of young children, I have a big business, a lot of clients, I have a big team. In order for me to operate at peak performance, I have to get away from all responsibilities, from all decision-making for a week, refuel myself, and then come back. I don't know if that's going to be a maintenance project that I'm going to do for eternity. I do it for now. Almost nothing's for eternity. Okay. It's maintenance. It's how I maintain who I need to be and how I need to show up in the world. Um, 
I love that planning and preparing minds to do regular maintenance rather than be reactionary. Yes, right? So the maintenance component. <coughs> Excuse me. So here are some maintenance that you need to do as a leader. Number one, exercise, sleep, eating at least one healthy meal per day, drinking water, reducing distractions or social media, play, going out and having a hobby, doing something for yourself. And I say this all the time for the leader who says, I don't have time for hobbies. You're the exact leader that needs to go out and have a hobby because your stress level is impacting the team. You think you're regulating your emotions. You're not. If you're not sleeping, eating, drinking, water, playing, your body is not getting the level of sustenance and rejuvenation that it needs. And it filters to the team. Okay. Another one, community, friendships. Typically when we're in survival, we drop community, we drop friendships. We're like, I just need to go head down and do all this. No, this is when you need friendship. This is when you need to stay connected and stay anchored because when you're in survival, your good friends will feed forward to you and say, listen, you, you need a break. Like, let me go take you out. Let's go do something. Do you want to jump on the phone? I'm coming over with pajamas and cheesecake. We're going to go sit around the campfire and just laugh together. Friendship is healing. It is healing. Do not let go of community and friendship, especially when you're in survival, but never because it's maintenance. Having friendship is part of maintenance of operating at a peak performing level. Ask any person who's operating at their peak they will tell you they're in community, that they have really good friends. Okay. Let me look over here for a little bit. Um, when we do not like anyone, we're in survival. We just asked ourselves this question in our newsletters. What are the physical and mental signs in ourselves that we feel overwhelmed and burnt out? Yeah. Uh, for me, one of the signs when I'm burnt out is when my mind gets into the all or nothing. <clears throat> so one of the signs of survival is um, the all or nothing mindset. It's always going to be like this. It's never like this. It's always been that way. It's never going to change. Um, I'm always struggling. It's always been a, a, a hard. Um, there's too many obstacles. I can't pull myself out of that. When you find yourself saying those things, it's an indication that you're in survival. So for me, I know when I when my mind starts getting into those things, I'm like, oh, it's never going to get better. I'm like, whoo, burnout, survival got to get out of this, right? Because that is the all or nothing, right? That's the all or nothing approach. And we're going to get into it when I talk about mindset. Um, all right, let's see here. I followed your advice to take four days alone. It was amazing. Can't wait to do it again. I strongly advise others to do this for themselves and the ripple effect. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. Um, <clears throat> still using the I will not respond in anger mantra when I feel like I want to lash out. Yeah. One of the things that I, <laughs> one of the things that I actually do, this happens. So this doesn't happen often. It typically happens during like high, like peak holiday seasons when like I'm working and the kids are home and there's a holiday and I'm hosting and there's guests and there's family and there's just like a bunch of stuff going on. I do something called a rage run. Um, so I walk every single day, but then every once in a while, um, everything just gets so crazy at home that I literally just put on my sneakers, grab a bottle of water and I leave the house. Um, and I'm just like, I'm going for a run and it's a rage run. I'm literally running to get all the emotions out of my system so I can come back and be a sane person. Um, so for those of you that have like a lot of emotion inside of you, it's not, there's no shame. There's no, just go for a rage run. Just get it out of your system. Um, Cause it's going to come out somehow. So either it's going to come out with you spewing all of it on your family. Um, and then you're going to feel shame or you go run, get it all out in nature and come back. And now you're a little bit of a calmer person. Um, 20 minutes in nature. Yes, 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 yes. Meditation. Fantastic. Yes, I do meditation twice a day, once in the morning and once right before the kids get home. Again, it's maintenance. It's maintenance, right? Everyone says, I don't have time to meditate. Whoever doesn't have time to meditate needs to meditate, right? We need to create it. Uh, mindful meditation, aromatherapy, daily maintenance, even with just a few minutes. I love that, Stephanie. Fantastic, right? So there's already a huge awareness here of what is needed for yourselves. Um, uh, love that. Thank you, Laura. It's typical camp pour into others when you don't wet, right? When you're filled with gratitude, you can encourage others. Yes. So we all know these cliches, but actually doing it and actually putting it into your calendar is where the maintenance is, right? That's where the power is. Um, walking by the water. Yes. Any body of water. 
Um, beautiful. Keep a gratitude journal. A hundred percent. I have one of the practices that I have. So there's maintenance practices. And then there's like, what do you do to get out of survival practices, which we're not going to talk about here, but maybe I will record an episode just on that. But one of the things that I do um, when I'm really in this like deep survival state is I make, take a page and I write, what do I have that I once prayed for? So again, what do I have that I once prayed for? So whether you're, you know, do prayer or you're asking the universe, whatever it is, what do you have now that at a period in your time you didn't have? It was something that you prayed for. It was something that you wanted. Um, and then I literally write a list of all the things that I have in my life right now that at one point in my life I didn't have. And that pulls you out of survival in such a visceral way because you see black and white on paper how abundant your life is. No matter how dark it feels in this moment, when you do that exercise, like it is incredible how much blessings you have that get clouded because we're in a season of survival. Um, so that's one of the strategies that I do. But just put a thing in the comments, um, survival strategies. Um, if you would like us to record an episode specifically on the strategies that I use to pull myself out of survival. Because let me tell you something, just because um, I teach about maintenance mindset, I teach about how to you know, um, get ourselves taking up self-care, I do all those things. It doesn't mean that I don't have seasons where my mind gets into survival. I'm human, right? It doesn't mean that I never get burnt out. Of course I do. I know how to pull myself out faster, right? And so that's what you're going for. It's not the all or nothing, right? It's not like, oh, I never get burnt out anymore, or I never fall into survival, or I never get overwhelmed. <laughs> that's horseshit. Everyone does. You need to know how to pull yourself out faster. The goal is, is it's not never go back into survival. It's how do you get out of it faster? Okay. Um, lovely. Okay. Lots, lots and lots of um, uh, comments for that. So that's fantastic. Awesome. This is an amazing, amazing audience. Thank you so much for being so engaged. I love it. Love the comments. Great. So let's go in now. Um, before we go into motivation, I just want to tell everyone, whoever came in in middle, um, we are live here. Um, we have some giveaways that we're going to be giving out at the end. Um, so make sure that you stay on till the end because we're going to have some special giveaways. And then also leave a review um, on the Schools of Excellence podcast. We currently have just over 60 reviews and we're looking to get 100 reviews um, to celebrate the 100th episode. So we need your help to do that. So as you're listening to this episode, if you can, if you haven't left us a review, if you can jump into iTunes um, and rate and leave us a review for the podcast. Awesome. Let's go to our next one. Okay. Motivation. So one of the myths of motivation is that people are always motivated, right? That certain people are always motivated. It's not true. It's a myth, right? No one is always motivated. Okay. And believing that your job is to constantly motivate your team and keep them inspired and motivate them will drain you. It will drain you. Your team does not need you to constantly motivate them. They need to build the right self-motivation habits for themselves. So when the going gets tough, they know how to pull themselves out of it. Okay. Motivation is not a you job right? It's you need to take care of your own motivation and everyone else needs to take care of their own motivation because the going does get tough. It gets hard. How are you going to stick with it? So I often compare motivation a lot to being a grandparent, right? Whenever my parents come or my in-laws come, um, they take the kids, they hold them, they sit next to them, they play with them. And the moment something gets hard, they pass the kid right back to the parent, right? So this happened a lot, especially if you have babies, right? They hold the baby, they moment the baby has a dirty diaper, oh, where's mom? The moment the, ba the baby's spitting up, oh, where's dad? Where's, right? We're immediately, they're immediately passing the baby back to the person who's really responsible. The grandparent gets to enjoy the baby, but when it gets hard, they give the baby back to the parent. Why? Because that's not the grandparent's job. The grandparent's job is not to stick with the going gets tough. They did that for you right? Your job now is to raise your kids, right? The grandparents get to come in and have all the fun parts of having a child. Um, so one of the things we have to recognize is like the teachers that are in your classroom, your leadership team, who's running the centers, if you're the owner, like when the going gets tough, 
they don't come to you and pass you back the center. That that's that doesn't work that way. That's that's it's the wrong switch up. It's the going gets tough. They stick with it. It's their center. The going gets tough. They stick with it. It's their classroom. The going gets tough. You stick with it. It's your company, right? You don't pass it to anyone else. Now, do we have support? Do we have teams? Of course, I'm going to go into all of that. But you need to understand the concept of the motivation. It is not your job to keep your team motivated and inspired. It is your job to show them this is what you need to learn how to do. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to give you strategies. But ultimately, you need to find what's inside of yourself of how to motivate yourself. Okay? So just drop a comment if... You, you understand where I'm going here. Like, I, I want to just kind of take a quick pulse of like, just understanding the difference. Like motivation is not on your job description. Your job description is not to motivate your team. That is not part of your job description. If you're a director, if you're an owner, if you're whatever it is, you, that's not your job. Your job is not to motivate your team. Your job is to design an environment that helps your team build that self-awareness, that helps your team understand what they need for themselves. But you cannot possibly create a motivation strategy for 50 people. That's 50 people who grew up in different homes, had different parents, had different um, opportunities available to them, went to different schools, had different teachers, um, only children, oldest child, youngest child, different socioeconomic status, different, different season of life, different eras. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you cannot possibly create a motivational strategy for every single person. They need to do it for themselves. They need to do it for themselves. <clears throat> so what is one of the ways that we help our teams understand how to stay motivated? Well, the first thing is I want to teach you is you're not always going to be motivated. There's going to be days that you're not motivated to come in, to do the hard thing, whatever it is. Do it anyways. Right. So this is one of my things when I'm recording a podcast episode, when I need to do a coaching call, whatever it is. Do you think I'm always motivated to record a podcast episode? Of course not. It would be obscene for anyone to think that someone who's doing something for the long haul is always going to be motivated every time they need to do it. I'm not. It doesn't matter. Right. There's a time block. I need to record an episode. Great. I jump right into my groove. I have my groove that I get into. And once I'm in it, I know 10, 15 minutes in, that's it. I'm good. Right. I'm good. Some days I'm more motivated than others. It doesn't matter. I made a commitment. I record a weekly episode. I'm going to do it. So some weeks I'm more motivated than others. It doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyways. I do it anyways, right? So some people be like, oh, but then the episode's not going to be as great when you're more motivated. No, the groove is the same, right? The way for me to get into my um, process of recording the episode is the same. So I follow my process, right? Follow the process. Some days you're going to be more motivated than others. Some day, but work the system. Work the process that you've created to get into your groove for whatever it is that you committed to, right? For moms that are here, are you motivated every single night to cook dinner? I'd like to meet a mom that is motivated every single night to cook dinner for their family for 20 years, okay? You're not cooking dinner every night for a month. You're cooking dinner every night for 20 years, okay? Or 18 years or whatever it is. You're not going to be motivated every single night. You don't need to be right? This concept that I should always be motivated to cook dinner. I should always be motivated to do bedtime. I should always be motivated to, I don't know, drive my kids to soccer practice. You don't always have to be motivated or pumped. It's, it's not true. You need to follow that process. <clears throat> yes, Jenny, no wonder I'm somewhere now trying to motivate everyone else. It's not my job. Exactly. It's not your job. It's not your job. Um, exactly. So question number one that I have for you guys. Okay. And then we'll go to teams is what do you do when you get overwhelmed? What is your process for how you pull yourself out of overwhelm? So the first thing is you need to understand your awareness of overwhelm, right? Like what are the things that happen? Your signs of like, Ooh, I'm overwhelmed. And then now that I'm aware that I'm overwhelmed, what do I do to get out of overwhelm? 
So this is one of the questions that I ask all new hires in our company. So anyone who gets hired into our company in the interview, I ask them, what are the signs that you're overwhelmed? And what do you do when you get overwhelmed? Two questions. Because here's what I want to tell all of you. When you're in childcare and you're in the classroom, I love you, but you will get overwhelmed. It doesn't matter how many years of experience you have. It doesn't matter how many of your own children you have. It doesn't matter how many kids you've ever had in the classroom. When you teach young children, you are going to get overwhelmed. Here's what you need to remember. It's temporary. It passes. And you'll be okay. As long as you know that it's coming. The, the directors who lie and say, oh, yeah, don't worry. We've got the best systems. We've got great processes. You'll have tons of support. It's going to be amazing. Yes. And she's also going to get overwhelmed sometimes. So please don't leave out that very important detail. And when you get overwhelmed, here's how we support our people. Here's how we do things here. Here's the structure that we have in place. And then you need your structure of how you're going to get yourself out of overwhelm. Some people need to take a break physically outside for five minutes. Some people need to go sit in the teacher's room and drink a glass of water. Some people need to go have a cup of coffee. Everyone's got their thing. Okay. <clears throat> so. When I get overwhelmed, I make a list of what's hanging over my head. I start tackling the big tasks, um, which most often are not nearly as big, big as I think they are. Yes, exactly, Laura. So great. That works for her, right? When I get overwhelmed, I don't make lists because I don't like lists. What I do is I go for a run. I just go and clear my head. Then I come back and I'm like, okay, like, what do I need to do here? Mandy does some time components, right? Like I'm going to readjust my calendar, right? Again, look at the awareness, right? So we're talking, this is fantastic. We're talking here about the action steps that you take, right? My process, I take a deep breath, look at my calendar. My calendar is key. Close my door, take some breaths. Yes. But first, I want you guys to answer the first question. What are the signs that you're overwhelmed? What is happening inside of you that is telling you, ooh, I need to do a calendar adjustment. Ooh, I need to go take a bath. Ooh, I need to go take some breaths. What is happening? Okay, Kelly, brain fog. Okay, that's her sign. Brain fog is her sign. She's overwhelmed. Feeling paralyzed, can't make decisions. Thank you, Lindsay. Anxiety over things I can normally answer easily. Yes, thank you, Allison. Good to see you, Allison. Um, when I can't focus on anything, I realize I'm an overwhelmed step back. So again, your sign is I can't focus. It's lack of focus. Um, do have a lot. Can't breathe. Less patient with things I usually have patience for. Yes. Short with people. Lack of empathy. Yes. Thank you for your honesty. Become critical of others and myself. Um, sluggish and unmotivated anxiety in my stomach area yes knowing where the signals are on your body huge uh feel like i'm spinning out of control i hate everyone yes <laughs> this is so true because i was talking to an owner i was saying i just said at the beginning of the show here right like i don't like anyone huge sign that there's overwhelm right i don't like people everyone go away from me uh less patience than usual yes um heaviness in my chest yes yes uh, can concentrate on tasks, right? Look at all of these over here, right? And again, if you are struggling with that awareness, like this list might help you by like, oh yeah, that's what happens to me, right? That is the awareness. And then so many of you already wrote the, um, the what's it called, what you do, the antidote to that, right? The greatest gift you can give your teams is help them build this awareness, right? In your next staff training or in your next one-on-ones for those of you that do one-on-ones with your teachers or your leadership teams asking them this question inviting them to think about this what happens when you get overwhelmed what are the signs what are the signs they're they're usually very typical right like this list is a great list you could just take this list put it on a piece of paper and then bring it to your staff and say all right highlight You know, sometimes um, teachers need um, some really concrete things. It's very difficult for them to kind of think in this kind of capacity. 
no problem. Take the list from here, put it on a piece of paper. Everyone come with a highlighter. Highlight three things that happen to you when you get overwhelmed. Now you're slowly helping them develop this level of self-awareness, right? Self-awareness is a master skill. It is very difficult to cultivate, but it can be done. This is one of the great ways to do it. Right. And then after they have this awareness, I'm like, okay. So I start spinning out of control. I start yelling at the kids. I get critical of my co-teacher. Um, I don't like my boss. I don't trust anyone. Right. Different things. Okay, great. And now how are you going to get yourself out of overwhelm? Because here's the other thing that people need to understand connected to motivation, self-advocacy. You are in charge to get yourself out of overwhelm. Not the government, not your boss, not the savior. There's no one saving you. You need to get yourself out of overwhelm. You need to learn how to re-motivate yourself. If you are always waiting for outside influences to save you, to protect you, to take care of you, you can't grow. You cannot grow. You are in charge of yourself. So overwhelm happened. Great. I'm also responsible to get myself out of overwhelm. Isn't that great? Like I have the key to unlock this overwhelm. I don't have to wait for someone to take care of me. I could do it for myself. I can take myself out of overwhelm. That level of advocacy for themselves is huge. It is greater than any motivational hurrah you give them. It is greater than any raise you could give them, any promotion. When they can learn how to be in charge of themselves, that when they get overwhelmed or frustrated, they can take themselves out of it themselves. You need to get yourself out of it, right? Yes, Alex, I love this. Uh, Hello, maturity, right? Welcome. (laughs) Hello, maturity. Hello, being a grown-up, right? Um, you get yourself out of it. Um, and it feels very scary at first because there's there's sometimes a lot of emotional immaturity and it feels sometimes like, really? But, but if I tell them that they have to do it themselves, then, then they're not going to work for me. Then I'm going to lose staff. You're going to lose the emotionally immature staff and you'll get the emotionally mature staff. You'll attract the staff that need to be in your center because they know how to take care of themselves. okay so that's the first part of motivation right understanding your triggers for overwhelm and then what you do when you get overwhelmed right let's talk about the next thing when it comes to motivation rewards okay one of the things with motivation when we think it's our responsibility is we think we need to constantly be rewarding and motivating the team to do things, right? So, oh, let's do this hurrah and let's do this thing. And let, and I'm not against hurrahs. I am not against doing breakfasts and fun things. I love doing that. I love buying gifts. I love pampering my people. I love it. Here's the problem with it, okay? Here's the challenge. There's no problem with it. Here's the challenge. If that's the only thing that you do, then your team never learns how to reward themselves, how to clap for themselves. If they're always waiting for the outside person to clap for them, right, then they basically never take action unless they know that someone's going to clap for them. Guys, if you want to really do anything that's like meaningful and deep and hard and of significance, You can't wait for people to clap for you. You got to know how to clap for yourself. You have to know how to clap for yourself, right? I tell this to my kids all the time. Like whenever they win an award or whatever, I'm always like, and how did you reward yourself? How did you clap for yourself? Um, Yesterday was Yom Kippur. It's the holiest day of the year. So we basically spend the whole day at synagogue. And my son is 12. um, And he spent the entire day with my sitting next to my husband and praying. And he came home and he was saying how proud he was. Like he basically said all the stuff um, in the prayer book. And it was a huge milestone for him because it's a lot of sitting and pr- it's, it's a lot of work. And he came on. He's like, I'm so proud of myself. And I said, amazing. How are you rewarding yourself? Like, how are you going to celebrate yourself that you did something so difficult? Right. It's really hard. He's reading it in Hebrew. It's not his mother language. Like this is hard. And he took a step. He's like, oh, and I'm like, think about it right? Like think about how do you want to reward the hard work that you did, right? I don't want to reward him for it. Like it's great that he did and we're so proud of him as parents, but I want him to understand that when I do something hard and I'm proud of myself, I can also reward myself, right? Like all those components are built into it. So rewarding yourself, okay? So what happens a lot is the reward after a hard day of work 
ends up being distraction. So after a hard day of work, I deserve to sit down with a beer and binge Netflix. After a hard day of work, I deserve to do blah, 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 blah. And what if you built in rewards from the beginning, right? What are the hard things that you're going after? The big goals, the big ambitions, whatever it is, how are you going to celebrate? So my husband just started a new job. And anytime you're starting a new job, there's always challenges in the beginning. And I knew that it was going to be challenging in our household as well, because it was going to pull at different capacities. And so before he started the first day of school, I said, one month in, we are going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate a month of your new job. Um, and we just celebrated on Sunday. Um, super, super, we went to a brand new place, super fun, super, super fun celebration. Um, we decided in advance that we were going to celebrate a month into the school year. And we were going to celebrate very specific things. Like it wasn't about just surviving, like it was specific things that we wanted to celebrate. (sighs) Celebration could be anything you want it to be. Rewards are anything you want it to be, right? We the, the Society has kind of built in these things of like, oh, we celebrate the 100 days of school and we celebrate the end of year graduation. Whatever. Yeah, we wanted to celebrate a month. A month into school, we made it. We did all the things we needed to do. We you know, continue to support each other as, as, you know, as partners, we were there for our kids, you were there for your class, you were there for the families, we're celebrating. So creating rewards is a big part of the motivational strategy. So how do you do this with your teams, right? Well, first, how do you do with yourself? So I'd love for you to listen to the comments. What are some ways that you currently celebrate or reward yourself. And again, not for the big things. I want to talk about small things, rewarding yourself for having a difficult conversation that you didn't avoid, rewarding yourself for doing three months uh, consecutive one-on-one meetings or a month. If you've never done it before, reward yourself. You did a full month of consecutive one-on-one meetings and didn't break any of the stuff on your calendar. Reward yourself for that, right? Like ask yourself those questions. Um, like reward yourself for the things that are hard, that are hard to do and that you have to do maintenance, right? You have to do them consistently. That's why maintenance and motivation come together because we typically only reward ourselves for these big things, but maintenance is so much harder. It is so much harder to do the maintenance than to do the big things. It's easy to enroll 30 kids. It is way harder to maintain full enrollment, right? It's easy to enroll to to hire five new teachers. It is hard to retain those five teachers. So understand that maintenance actually requires way more rewards and motivation than the big goals. Okay, I'm going to jump in here to see some of the comments. Um, How we work with our staff is modeling how we want them to work with kids. We have to really think about the messages we're sending them. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about mindset in a second here. Thanks, Allison. Um, Yes, internal and external motivators. Um, Yes, I did ask you this question two weeks ago. Still do know how to celebrate my deep discipline and commitment to deep work on Friday nights. Yeah. And again, I love, Alex, that you're sharing this because we might not have the answer right away, but, but we have the question. We have the question. Um, Okay, right? So this is, again, like just the recognition, like, whoa, I've never done this. Let me think about how I'm going to do this. Um, What else we have here? Um, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. I can't imagine rewarding myself. I'm so glad you're on here live with us. And I really appreciate you sharing this publicly because I know that there's a lot of people who are thinking your exact sentiments, but aren't publicly stating it. We need to learn how to reward ourselves, how to give ourselves grace, how to, because this is essentially loving on yourself, right? It's so much easier to love on other people, to give them all the things, to shower them, to give them raises and promotions and gifts and breakfasts and candy bags and Christmas bonuses and whatever it is. It is so difficult for us to reward ourselves, but rewarding ourselves and showing ourselves what we need is so powerful. It is, and the impact is tremendous. Um, so thank you for sharing that, Kathy. Um, this is amazing. So many, so many interesting things over here. Um, yes, takes a lot of practice to learn how to congratulate yourself. Okay. Um, 
Okay, last thing in motivation, then I'm gonna go to mindset. So the last thing in motivation is understanding how to harness the influences of others, okay? Staying motivated could be very difficult, right? We already spoke about that. <clears throat> Surrounding yourself with community of people who are all doing the same thing as you is one of the most easiest ways actually to keep yourself motivated. It's very similar to when you go to a big event, <clears throat> And then you come home, you're like all pumped to do all the things, right? Because the energy of the room gives you this internal motivation to go and do all the things. Well, when you're surrounded with community, right? The influence of others, when you're surrounded with community and friendship, where people are all doing that, you don't realize the impact it has on you until you don't have it anymore. The community component inspires you. It up levels you. It gets you going to that next level, right? One of the other things to recognize is also like sometimes within the motivational piece, like we're surrounded by friends or community and we're doing well and we're like, ah, you know, I don't really need this anymore. Yeah. Right now in this second, you don't need this thing right now. You don't need this particular friend or this community or whatever it is. But if you are a high achiever, that means eventually in a couple of weeks from now or a couple of months from now, you're going to go hit a new target. You're going to go set a new goal. You're going to need motivation to do the hard thing. And then where's your community, right? Where's your community? So, or even worse, you never end up going after the big things because you're not surrounded by people that are going after big things. So you just stay stagnant and complacent. So a huge part of motivation is surrounding yourself with the right community, surrounding yourself with people who are constantly doing the things that you're doing and just their energy rubs off on you. Their energy rubs off on you. We all know that when you go into a certain place that has like a toxic energy, you need to take a shower after. You're like, oh my gosh, this place was just Ugh, the energy, the vibe, like it just wasn't good. Um, it drains you. And when you're in the right room, you feel it. So being in community is huge, huge component of motivation. Okay. All right. So the last part here is mindset, right? So we spoke about maintenance, motivation. Now let's talk about mindset. So... <clears throat> Just by uh, just give me a yes in the comments if you're familiar with um, Carol Dweck's uh, work of um, mindset, her book, Mindset, uh, Fixed Mindset and Growth Mindset. So I know most of you are. Uh, it's a very popular books written, you know, many, many, many years ago. Um, but just curious to see um, how many of you have actually read it or are familiar with Carol Dweck's uh, work. OK, awesome. Thank you. OK, so. <clears throat> One of the biggest differentiators that Dweck talks about with a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is a fixed mindset. The way that they approach it is every situation, every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence, their personality, and their character. So anytime they're in a challenge, they're evaluating. Am I going to be successful or am I going to fail? Am I going to look smart? Am I going to look dumb? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be rejected? Am I going to be a winner? Am I going to be a loser? It's always the all or nothing. Right. It's a constant confirmation of, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I accepted enough? Blah, 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 enough. The growth mindset is constantly in a, is in a uh, hunger for learning. So it's a desire to work hard, to discover new things, to tackle challenges, to grow as a person. When a person has a growth mindset and they try and fail, they don't view it as I'm a failure. Now I'm dumb. Now I'm a failure. Now I'm rejected. Now I'm a loser. They look at it through the lens of, oh, this was an interesting learning experience. Like, I wonder what that's about, right? They're approaching it from a completely different perspective. Um, yes, my team can put the title inside of the comments. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, <clears throat> so one of the biggest pieces when it comes to mindset is mindset before mechanics. And I talk about this a lot um, on podcasts and, and our coaching calls and all these things. Mindset before mechanics, right? What does that mean? Too many times we're going after the mechanics. We're going after the how-to. We're going after how do I get this done? How do I become more profitable? How do I become fully staffed? How do I um, you know, become fully enrolled? How do I build a better culture? How, 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 right? It's a mindset before mechanics. It's looking at and saying, okay, um, 
what is the mindset that I need to approach this? Yes. And then, yes, thank you. Your perspective is your prison, right? This is from, um, oh my gosh. Um, oh God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. One second. I want to quote who that thing is from because I've quoted him before. Uh, Jocko Wilnick. Um, he is a retired Navy SEAL. I just remember. Thank you. Uh, so Jocko Wilnick, retired Navy SEAL. Um, he has a, oh, my mouse just froze here. Um, he talks about your perspective is your prison, right? And so a big component, oh gosh, what happened to my mouse? Okay, well, we'll just have to leave it the way it is. Um, and then hopefully it starts working again. Um, so with your mindset, right, everything, everything is mindset because perspective is everything, right? So when you're approaching um, a challenging situation and you're approaching it from the perspective of, am I good enough? Are they going to like me? Is this enough? Um, what if this happens? What if I fail? What if this? You're already destined to not succeed at it because the way that you're approaching it is all off, right? And so, oh, there we go. Now this is working again. So what happens a lot in seasons of survival is we start looking at how do I take care of myself? How do I do this? How do I, um, you know, fill the spots? How do I enroll the staff? Whatever it is. When really one of the first questions you want to ask yourself when you're building stability and security for the team is what is the mindset of my staff? What is their mindset right now? right? Where are they holding? Do they have an optimistic mindset? Are they generally optimistic? What is the mindset of my average team members in tough times? Does my team feel secure? Does my team feel stable? Does my team feel confident in their future success in the organization, right? All of these questions impact the quality of their work that they're going to be doing. When a teacher doesn't feel stable or secure, she's not going to be showing up in that way, right? When a teacher doesn't feel confident, she, she can't do a lot of things, right? When a teacher has a general pessimistic approach where woe is to me and a victim mindset, they're not going to be able to go after these hard things. And so your team's mindset, your team's mindset is a critical component to building stability and security for the team. And where does your team mindset come from? It comes from you. It comes from you because you're the leader. So it comes from who you are as a person. So <clears throat> one of the things very interesting um, that I've been exploring just in parenting in general is um, been doing a lot of understanding around um, nervous system and how our nervous system, our immune system um, impacts the people around us, right? So for those of you that follow the podcast regularly, one of the um, uh, one of the episodes that we did in the bridge is E is for emotional regulation, right? How we regulate our own emotions, how we regulate our nervous system. And so one of the things that I really explored is your team's radar is on the leader's nervous system. Okay. So in the same way that a baby picks up on the mother's nervous system, right? So if the mother is anxious, the child's not going to be able to get settled before they go to sleep. If the mother's like distracted, the child's going to have a hard time latching or, or feeding from the bottle, whatever it is, right? They talk so much about this, right? The mother's mental state of being has a massive impact on the baby is directly correlated to their nervous system. It doesn't go away when the baby turns two, three, or four. It continues all the way through adulthood. The parent's nervous system, the parent's emotional state of being impacts the child's emotional state of being more than what you say or what you do or what you teach because the child's picking up on your energy. They're picking up on your nervous system. So the same thing is in the classrooms and in your centers. Your team's radar is on your nervous system, not on the latest training that you did on conscious discipline, not on the latest, you know, PowerPoint presentation that you gave them on how to speak calmly to kids. That's not what they're picking up on. They pick on your emotional regulation, which is directly correlated to your mindset. So who you are as a person, your mindset and how you're showing up is directly impacting your team's feeling of security, confidence, optimism. This is why I talk so much about mindset training for leaders, because it impacts everything, everything. You can invest thousands and thousands of dollars in your team to train them. But if you're not confident, your team is not going to feel confident. If you're not feeling stable, secure, and grounded, your team is not going to feel stable, secure, and grounded. It doesn't matter how many trainings you give them. 
It doesn't matter. They're picking up on your system. So I want to pause for a second, jump into the comments for me here for a second, and just let me know, even if you've never heard of this concept before, like how it lands with you, how it resonates inside of you, because, um, and then we're going to start wrapping up over here, and I'm going to kind of give some core action steps for you guys, but your mindset, how you approach challenges, how you tolerate discomfort, how you approach difficult conversations, how you approach setbacks and failure, make a difference with how your team approaches it right? If you approach it from the doom and gloom, if you approach it from, it it just, your team's going to approach it the same way. Because here's the thing, even when you have a sunny-go-lucky, happy leader, right? It takes such a long time to shift the mindset of the team to become that also. Yes, exactly. Right. How the parents approach drop off affects the first days of school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, your mindset's like a mirror. Who you are is how your team shows up. For better or for worse. Right. Mm. you can't vent to your team members. You need your own community of leaders. It's not a good plan, right, Kelly? We need our own people to vent to, right? I have my own circle of people. I don't vent to my team. I have my own circle of people in my life that I need to vent to or talk to about or whatever it is, right? I don't vent to my kids. That is like, that is wrong on every level, right? Any, every parent knows this. You don't vent to your kids. You don't talk to your kids about your life's challenges. That is not your kid's job to carry your problems, right? You need to have your own friendships. So the same thing is in leadership. You can't vent to your team. This is why it's lonely at the top. This is why we need to be part of community um, because you can't do it, right? Um, Mindset is critical. Seeing the shift turning in my team has been exciting. Yes, because as you've made shift it, shifts, Mel, your team makes shifts, right? Um, <clears throat> yes, Emotional Inheritance. Oh, my God. This is an amazing book. Uh, thank you, Alex, for bringing it up. Emotional Inheritance is huge. Um <clears throat> Um, if you don't have time to read the whole book, um, uh, she was interviewed on um, Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Could Do Hard Things. Um, great, great uh, conversation, definitely to get started if you're interested in exploring this concept. So thanks, Alex, for bringing it up. Um, I need to value my mindset. I feel like I'm positive, engaged, ready for challenges. I'm not feeling that way with my staff right now. Yeah. So here's the thing, Amy, right? It takes time to switch the tide, right? So um while you might have started this journey, now it's going to take time for it to really impact the team. And this is where the maintenance come in, right? Never faltering from what got you to where you are. Those things that got you to this place of optimism and a good place in your mindset, don't let go of those things. Um, Take a step back, recenter before engaging with the staff. My excitement and stress are getting mixed in the time of growth. Yes, yes. Sandy, thank you so much for telling us. What a powerful uh, self-reflection right here. Like, is my excitement and stress getting mixed up in this time of growth? And am I sharing appropriately, right? Knowing how much to share and who to share to. Huge part of mindset, right? Um, Yeah. Laura, such a good question, right? How do I get my team to stop looking at me for feedback and information? Um, You start communicating and showing the team that they're available for each other, right? So when they come to you with with questions, it's like, hey, why don't you talk to Tina? She's our seasoned uh, pre-K teacher. She's actually got some great insight in this. Would love for you to connect with her um, and see how she does it. Or, you know, connect with Betty. She's our seasoned toddler teacher. She has some great experience when it comes to biting incidences. Definitely chat with her. She could give you some great ideas. Uh, don't get discouraged. Awesome. Jenny, hi, welcome. Started seeing some of the changes in my team regarding to mindset. Thankful and encouraged. It definitely reflects the energy I've been pouring into them and into myself. Yes. Right. Like who we are makes a huge difference, makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, <clears throat> so I want to end with this, right? Because 
so many times we think like, oh, I'll just fake it when I enter the building. Like I'll fake being happy or, and then when I come home, I crash or whatever it is. You can't fake your energy, your energy, right? So you can say like, you know, this has been a hard morning or whatever it is. And now I'm going into my center. I'm going to put this challenge on the side and I'm going to choose joy. So it's not, I'm going to fake joy. I'm going to fake being happy because my team has to see me smiling. No, it's hard and I'm choosing joy, right? Don't, don't be inauthentic to the fact that you're having challenges right now. That's fine. Every single human being is going to go through seasons of hardship. It's I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing empathy. I'm choosing generosity, right? I don't feel like being generous right now but I'm going to make an intentional choice and choose generosity. That energetic shift impacts your team. That's where the mindset game is. It's not, I'm going to fake being happy. I'm going to be, oh, everything's fine. Everything's not fine. And your team knows that because they feel your nervous system, right? Again, it's a mirror to them. Don't fake it. It's been hard, but I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing to show up happy right now. I'm choosing generosity. I'm choosing empathy. I'm choosing these things. It's such a level of empowerment versus whatever. I have to be happy because my team needs to see that I'm happy. Right? It's a totally different thing. Um, yes, Kathy, um, I have intentions, but stress from so many staff. We, yes. Again, we all have the best of intentions. And this is where the maintenance comes in of like, okay, how do I maintain? So my stress level never gets to a place where I lash out. What do I need to be doing? right? How do I need to prepare myself before difficult conversations? What do I need to be doing to sustain that level of energy, right? Before my big events, I have tons of routines that I do to be able to sustain that level of energy to speak and perform for eight to 12 hours a day. I don't speak and perform for eight to 12 hours a day every single day, right? I do that in small pockets. Well, I have to prepare for that, right? So the same way that an athlete prepares for a game, performers prepare for, you know, a big, a big event. Um, athletes prepare before a big run. They don't just get up and run the 10 miles, right? There's preparation. There's maintenance that they're doing to keep their body at that peak state so they can run those 10 miles, right? So you need to have those maintenance routines that prepare you for that level. So we have one minute over here and I want to make sure that we could do the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the giveaways. Um, Robin is actually with us uh, here live. So she's going to let me know um, who won the giveaways. But while she's doing that, she's going to send me a message. Um, <clears throat> I want you guys to let me know inside the comments. First of all, thank you everyone who joined us here live. Thank you everyone who's going to be, you know, watching the replay or listening to it on the podcast. I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask yourself, what are your biggest insights from today? What have you learned that is different from what you knew before, right? So a lot of things that I said here is already old information. You know this, right? Not every single thing that I taught here is like rocket science. Actually, most of the things that I taught here are not rocket science. Um, I don't like to do rocket science things. Um, I like to do practical, relatable things that everyone understands. So what new insight did you learn today that has disrupted your mindset, disrupted your thinking, elevated the way you're gonna show up for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or, or whatever it is? declare it inside the comments over here um, so that you have a better understanding of it. So you take it for yourself. Like, okay, this was the insight for me. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Sandy. Yes. It's a huge milestone uh, for, uh, for the episode. Super excited. Okay, so exciting. I have the winners. I'm going to announce them in a moment. Uh, let's just see here. Um, morning routines help me get into a good mindset. Um, Allison, analogy of the grandparents was helpful. Motivate yourself, folks. Love it. Okay, let's share here all your insights. Celebrating myself. Motivation is not your job. Sylvia, having conversations with staff about their overwhelm. Never thought about asking them. Love it. Love it. I'm responsible for my own motivation, building rewards, um, surround yourself with community of like-minded to inspire. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, whoops. There we go. Paying attention to what I do enjoy for celebration. 
not my job to be the motivator, but to provide the space to motivate. I love that. Thanks, Denise. Love the concept mindset being a mirror. Never thought of it that way before. Thank you, Laura. Be intentional with my energy, how I offer encouragement for staff to build themselves up. Um, the staff is responsible for motivating themselves to be more aware of what I am in survival and what I do uh, need to celebrate. Love it. Maintaining relationships, energy, the power to choose joy, gratitude, and empathy. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Intentionally celebrate. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here. I'm going to announce the winners. And again, if you did not get a chance to leave us a review, would absolutely love if you could take a moment to leave us a review on the podcast. Again, it helps other leaders find out about it so more people can participate um, in the Schools of Excellence podcast. Um, our winners are um, Stephanie Wolf, Betty Flint, and Kelly Johnson. Congratulations. Um, thanks for joining us here live and thanks for leaving a review. Um, you can email support at Khani.me. So support at C-H-A-N-I-E.me. Um, and just let the team know which of the three prizes you want. You get to choose one. Um, and then our team will follow up and give that to you. So again, congratulations to Stephanie Wolf, Betty Flint, and Kelly Johnson. Congratulations. Um, you guys are the winners um, of Yes. Awesome. Thanks. My team just posted it inside of here as well. So congrats. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for celebrating this hundredth episode, this amazing milestone. Cheers to another hundred episodes. I hope you will all be here to celebrate the 200th episode um, with me and our teams. Thanks for joining me um, and wishing you all an amazing, amazing day. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.